Hi, friends. Hello. Like, I always start like that. I love it. (laughs) What's up? Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been since July. Yeah. Since our Porsche episode, which if you haven't listened to that, get on it because Mm -hmm. that is a really juicy, powerful episode with our friend Porsche Favreau. Um, yeah, that was the last time we spoke to you. So we have lots to share and dive into. I hope you're ready. <laughs> Emotion. Welcome to the Full Bloom Podcast. Where we talk about whatever the fuck we want. And, and you're, you're invited. invited. <laughs> And waiting, we've been talking about this episode for a long time, and for the month of August, for anyone who doesn't know, we were um, living out of our van that we renovated together, and we just had so many talks about, like, our reflections and the experience and what we wanted to, like, share with y'all from being on the road and, like, what we've brought away with us and what we've come back home with and what we're trying to hold on to, Mm -hmm. or, you know what we're trying to release yeah getting back into like the city life and being like oh those things that were really easy to maintain and those feelings that were really easy to feel when we were living such a simple minimalist lifestyle are actually kind of hard to maintain when you're back in big city life yeah like it is so crazy when and I feel like everyone who like has been on trips or travels can relate to this when you're Mm. on a trip for like a week or a month it feels like that month is so much longer than you when you're just in the routine for a month and in the hustle for a month and like the month of September has just flown by because we've been back in the city just doing our thing day by day but the month on the road when days were so long and nourishing it felt felt like yeah and and I think Like, there's kind of this potential misconception at first where when your days feel really long, you know, people are like, oh, time flies when you're having fun. So when you feel like your days are really long, you're like, oh, so am I not having fun? Like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing differently? You know, and then you just realize that everything you're doing is completely new, completely different. It's like you're living through the eyes of a baby or a toddler who's experiencing life in all these new ways and days hours years feel significantly longer so yeah Yeah. we had this month that was like super long and nourishing and restorative and now we're back it's been a few weeks and it feels like it happened like a year ago yeah it's so crazy (laughs) so crazy because when you're in it you're like oh we're gonna hold on to these things like we have like there's a lot of things like we don't wash our faces anymore (laughs) (laughs) We have become unaddicted to shampoo and face wash cleanser products and Q-tips. I'm back on Q-tips. I'm back on Q-tips, too. I fucking (laughs) love cleaning my ears. I (laughs) I can't stop, won't stop. Actually, one of my friends told me the other day that they know someone that had to get, like, an operation in their ears from Q-tipping, so now I'm terrified again. (laughs) No, I I had to get my ears 
washed out from using q-tips too much and i was like shoving earwax deeper Mm. into my canal and then i couldn't hear anything and i had to get it like rinsed out and it felt fucking amazing but the doctor was like stop using q-tips and that was literally so long ago i've been fine since (laughs) but also i was actually thinking about like the face wash thing still on board like Skin has never been better. Our skin is so clear. Yeah. And we were both, we had this moment on the road where we like weren't really washing our faces every morning and we were like, wait, our skin looks so good. And then we talked about how cis men often have like really good skin and you know, they're not getting like a monthly hormonal situation happening to do with their cycle that's influencing their skin. But like, it's because they don't do anything. Like, they yeah. just wake up and let their skin figure itself out. So Also, looking in the mirror significantly less. Ugh, makes you feel so much more beautiful. Yeah. But the one thing I was going to say about shampoo is I feel like I am kind of back to shampooing my hair normally because we're not, like, going swimming as yeah. much. Like, we were, like, in and out of lakes and the ocean, and that was, like our daily bath ceremony Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now my hair isn't lake watery it's just like city pollution grease yeah (laughs) yeah but when you're swimming in the ocean so often you have like beautiful salty locks yes it's lovely taylor we came back and taylor was like i'm making salt spray i've been using it i love it and i was talking to my hairdresser today and I was telling her about being unaddicted to all these things and she was like honestly go off like Mm. she was like there are salt sprays you can buy for like 50 bucks and the more simple ones are the better ones the ones that are literally a lot of them are just like sea salt and coconut oil and water and that's the best one yeah but pro tip I've I read on some random blog online to use Epsom salts. So I've been using my lavender Epsom salts for a sea salt spray and a little bit of coconut oil and oh, you water. put oil in it? A little bit of coconut okay. oil. Way less than they tell you to because my hair is naturally quite oily. Yeah. So way less than they tell you to. But it's been, yeah, it's been giving me that ocean nostalgia. Yeah. Because we're surfer girls now. <laughs> <laughs> we went surfing once. <laughs> But basically all this to say that we just had a very intense month of less is more, less is more, less is more. And just coming back to a place where everything, everyone is like, more is more, more is more, work hard, do more. And it's just like, it was kind of unsettling at first. We were both like, fuck, how do we maintain this like drive and desire to live more simply and live with less and free store mentality yeah show gratitude every day and anyway let's just like jump into everything yeah (laughs) where you at in your cycle oh yeah i am in my inner fall Mm -hmm. i think i'm on day 24 or three i'm getting my period in like a week you had your period after me didn't you Yes. Where are you at? We synced up. Oh, yeah. Okay, this is weird. <laughs> I mean, like, it's weird, but it's not weird, but it's cool when it happens. But before, as I'm sure you've noticed in all of our other episodes, whenever we talk about our cycle, we're on, like, total opposite ends. Like, Taylor was a full moon bleeder, yeah. new moon ovulator. I was a new moon bleeder, full moon ovulator. And then... As, you know, cycles change over time because they're maybe not 28 days or whatever. Basically, when we were 
in the van, you know, sleeping next to each other every night, spending every moment next to each other, essentially, your period, like, I was waited. Like a week late. Yeah. I was waiting for Emma. My body was like, <laughs> nope, not yet. We're not, we gotta nope, do this together. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, I got my period, and then, like, the next day you did, and it was like, okay, now we can bleed. Yeah. <laughs> And you were like, God, I just need to bleed. I know. Well, you know that buildup right before you bleed when your body just feels like it needs that release? And I was just yeah. like, ah, get out of me. <laughs> but it was also so interesting how you found it, like, really challenging to be bleeding and, like, on the road and not without, like, running water and access to a bathroom. Yeah. What I found challenging, actually, was, like, because I usually use a diva cup and I was using a diva cup for like the first two days this is gonna get a bit graphic but girl go off there's no supposed to be graphic yeah there's no running water when you're like peeing and pooping in outhouses so Mm -hmm. like for days on end and don't really have access to like a proper bathroom so like the rinsing out and like the proper hygiene that you're supposed to tend to your diva cup with it just like wasn't accessible to me and I used it for like two days, like a two days, I think. And then it just felt icky. And yeah. like, there wasn't really any way that I could like wash it. I mean, I maybe could have like washed it in lakes, but where we were, like, it just like wasn't really accessible at the time. And yeah, this one morning, I just like, <laughs> I was just like so feeling nasty. And I just like, threw it out along with my underwear like at this like camp garbage bin and I was just like where was that fuck that that was at Sombrio I went to the bathroom and I was just like I'm so done with like not being able to clean this and like Mm -hmm. feeling gross so I just like I just threw it out and it felt so good um so then I yeah I haven't I hadn't used tampons in a long time and I was like using tampons which was like obviously way easier but it made me reflect on how like all these sustainable menstrual products that we like preach and talk about and we all think are wonderful like folks that don't have access to running water and their own bathroom and the privacy of their own space to like clean it properly or like you know boil their cup on the stove to like clean it and sterilize it like if you can't do those things if you don't have access to those things like you know all the women yeah the women that like I work with that like live in shelters and whatnot like they they don't really have the option to use these types of things like reusable like menstrual pads which are great if you can wash them all the time but if you don't have access to laundry all the time like what are you doing with these things in the meantime and just yeah like a reflection on like sustainability culture and how it's like actually like you know it requires this extra work which is great if you have the means but if you don't then preaching sustainability from like an extremely privileged point of view exactly yeah Yeah. and just being like no it's way easier to just like throw this out and even being privileged enough for us to be able to like dabble in that kind of lifestyle like you know the camping off the grid whatever you want to call it where Mm -hmm. you're kind of living more quote-unquote wildly and you deal with these uncomfortable moments and learn and understand, like, what works, what doesn't. But then you can come home and, like, mm-hmm. go back to your sink in your bathroom and things like that. Yeah, so, your, like, private bathroom with all of your, like, yeah, bougie products and, like, A lot of gratitude stuff. for coming back to that, for sure. Also, just, like, 
yeah, showering whenever you want and like yeah. cleaning whenever you want and yeah, it's just like all wrapped up and yeah. So how are you feeling in her fall? Right. Okay, that's where we were. How did we get here? Um, definitely feeling the slowness, the slow down. Like my boobs are sore. Classic. Um, feeling that transition into fall, which is always like you know, exciting and kind of, like, cozy and romantic. Rel, our other roommate, described it to me in this really, really beautiful way, like, the difference of the seasons, and I had never thought of it in this way, Um, but she's been learning a lot about Earth-centered Judaism and how in the Jewish calendar they consider summer Mm -hmm. to be the more masculine embracing of the seasons like spring and summer of course mm-hmm. it's the same way like we talk like about our yang. cycle yeah yeah yin and yang energy and and then fall and winter being of the more feminine and i had just never really brought it into like seasonal thinking <laughs> and i really like that because of course there is some kind of mm, not really fear but you know going into winter and fall you're like oh it's gonna be dark it's gonna mm-hmm. be hard everyone's like scared of getting seasonal depression and missing the sun and access to just like being outside on the beach but then that kind of like readiness to go inward and go with the flow and just I feel like I'm on the verge of being like swallowed by a bit of a wave of change like Mm. you know moving and just kind of like I mean that's it really just like moving apartments but that's like it's big like moving into a totally different part of the city and I'm engaged Yes. So there's that. There's that too. <laughs> that happened when we got back. <laughs> Which is like, of course, like naturally a change as well. Like just like a a, a change in the relationship and like a, a transition. So trying to be graceful toward myself with all of this change and knowing that it's okay to like move slowly and I'll be getting my period like a week from now. So we'll be like getting ready to move. We move on October 1st and... So I'll be like bleeding and I need, I'm going to just try and like wake up and be like, Hey, like go slow. You don't have to like rush this. You don't Mm -hmm. have to like pick everything up and just like take it easy. Which is like, why am I weirdly feeling like even just the process of moving is usually like so yang dominant. Cause you're like, pick up and move and energy. We have to start early and we're going to go all day. And the only thing we're going to eat is pizza at a weird hour (laughs) in the day. And beer. Yeah. And like lugging shit upstairs. Truck man. Sweating. Yeah. Like very yang, but it doesn't have to be like that. (laughs) Totally. Also just like, I feel like sometimes the shift from summer into fall sometimes feels like a bit of like grieving almost like grieving that like energy the like being out all day and like Mm -hmm. running around and like light until 10 o'clock at night Mm -hmm. like you kind of have to like let that go which is like oh totally grieving yeah I like I like that what about you I guess I've been the same day as you honestly don't know exactly where I am yeah, um, I'd say like day 23 feels about right. Mm-hmm. 23 or 24. Um, I love how like dedicated to my app I am. I'm like, need to know the exact day. And I'm like so on top of like inputting my symptoms and like putting in like how much I bled that day. And you're like, I feel like I'm up this day. And you're yeah. Like, Let's go with that. Like honestly, word. Like, <laughs> it's usually intuition. within like 
three or four days that I know. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't really have an app or anything. I Emma's just generally better at apps and I'm phones. I'm an app girl. And, yeah, she's a <laughs> technology phone app person. And I'm very like, Emma, can you help me figure this out? <laughs> and it's like the simplest thing. <laughs> iCloud storage. Yeah. Oh my god, it was like the biggest deal ever. I had like three different people's input before I decided to buy some iCloud storage for a dollar a month. Because <laughs> I was like, how does it work? <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Day twenty three ish. I am weirdly feeling way more energized the past like week or so than I was when I was ovulating, which doesn't usually happen for me and it was kind of interesting but when I I think maybe it had to do with like coming back into the city and like working again and like getting back into the routine when I was ovulating I was feeling quite heavy and I noticed it specifically in my dance classes because the classes where I'm ovulating and I'm like rolling around on the floor in stripper shoes touching my body I usually feel like a fox Mm -hmm. but like those classes when I'm ovulating, it's usually like quite easy to get myself into that like headspace. But then when I'm, you know, inner fall, inner winter, it's, I feel like more sluggish and my flow and my combinations are usually like slower and heavier and just like, I'm not really doing all the crazy flips and tricks that Porsche's throwing at us. But mm-hmm. yeah, the class like two weeks ago. Do you feel more embodied in one or the other? Like, do you feel more if you're ovulating, you're like performing and then if you're on the other end of things you're more like feeling your body or what would you say? um I think when I'm ovulating or when I'm pre-ovulatory I'm much more in it in terms of like I want to try all the tricks and like go for it and like I feel a lot more power and a lot more energy mm-hmm. and I feel like that feels really good for me because then I can kind of perform Um, and then on the other, on the flip side, when I am feeling a bit just like heavier and like moving feels just like a bit harder, I feel like maybe I'm more in tune with like being more gracious and sympathetic to my body, but I definitely feel like it's harder for me to like get into the like choreography. Right. Like I feel like it's easier for me to just kind of roll around and move through it at my own pace and like just kind of take it as my body allows me to take it but it's definitely easier for me to like get really sexy when I'm like ovulating yeah and then when I'm not or I'm about to bleed I'm kind of just like oh this like is more about how it feels Mm. than like actually hitting the moves so yeah I think they're just different and I really like being able to see that difference in myself Mm -hmm. But yeah, like two weeks ago when we first got back, the class that I took, I was feeling that way. Like I was feeling like heavy and like things were hard. I know it was the first time I danced in like a month, so Mm -hmm. it made sense. But the one last night when usually I'm starting to slow down at this point, I was like, I was feeling like a firecracker and I was just like, oh, okay, like I got some energy. Mm -hmm. So yeah, interestingly enough, I'm feeling quite energized the past like week or so in relation to when we first got back, even though I was ovulating, I was thinking more just like dealing with a switch in routine and like being hit with a bit of the shock of like the city and go, go, go and like kind of getting back into like a routine structure. So yeah, I'm feeling good. 
I'm not necessarily feeling like slowed down yet. And it's, I think it's just because this month has felt like it's going by so fast, but I don't feel like I'm going to bleed soon. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm like still so far away from that for some reason. It's like, how is it again already? A week is kind of a long time. Like, it's a long time to like get prepared. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to release. Now we're synced, which is cute. Yeah, it is cute. That happens when you literally like don't leave each other's sides for a while. When we got back, we slept in separate rooms for the first yeah. night, and we were both like, Ooh. "Yeah, <laughs> bye." It was so weird. <laughs> so that's where we're at in our cycles, and that's where we're at now. But mm-hmm. let's rewind mm-hmm. and just like get into what the fuck happened and like what we got up to. Yeah, so let's rewind back to like August 4th. Mm, Or you want to go further back? Let's rewind back to like June. Oh, shit. Just when, because I think last time we updated Bloom Squad was when we were like dealing with money stuff and like Mm. getting mechanical work done and dealing with mechanics and like all that kind of stuff. The van needed a lot of work, and it was really expensive, and neither of us have ever put that much money toward one particular thing that isn't necessarily, like... Practical. Super practical! (laughs) Yeah. And then we had lots of folks in our lives being like, what the fuck are you doing? I.e., like, parents slash various men. Yeah. Kind of just being like, it's not worth it, don't do it, and then... We continued to go for it. Mm-hmm. We continued to struggle with, I don't know, just just the money aspects. Yeah. The and having days where, like, one of us would be, like, yeah. feeling a bit fearful and doubting and, like, struggling to, like, yeah. figure out how we were going to do it. And the other one would be feeling confident in those moments and, mm-hmm. like, you know, talk the other through it and then the roles would switch and we had a lot of like check-ins like that yeah. where one of us was like you know like concerned about xyz and the other one was like there to like talk it through where we had to be totally honest about we were where we were at first and for, first and foremostly with ourselves which yeah. is hard yeah and then to like our partner we yeah. were essentially partners, yeah. you know to to being like hey i know this isn't necessarily what you want to hear but I'm like freaked out about what we're doing right now and like mm-hmm. I don't know if we can do this or like can we handle this and that's a really like vulnerable position to be in too to be like can we do this and having like a bit of a pep talk with each other and taking it one step at a time mm, that, was, that big. was big and then even on our trip just literally being like one step at a time and I think one of my biggest takeaways other than free store mentality which we will get into was the take it one step at a time. Because when you take things one step at a time, you're in the flow state. You're in the woo way of just, like, kind of allowing things to unfold and, like, expecting the best but not really expecting anything at all. And Mm -hmm. we were just, like, pleasantly blessed with, like, best-case scenario again and again. Mm And because we weren't too forward thinking ever, really. Yeah. We didn't plan fucking anything. <laughs> yeah, we were just there for it. And, you know, we had like loose, like, okay, we want to do this and then we maybe want to do that. But mm-hmm. there was, 
When you're too concrete and stuck in like a plan mentally, yeah. you're there's no space in your head or in your like aura for anything to flow into you because you're so regimented on like what the plan is in terms you're not open exactly like right? you're so stuck in something you're like clogging up your entire system mm. with these plans that realistically the second you have expectations you're setting yourself up for disappointment because mm. there's no way that you can I mean I'm not saying having expectations is always a bad thing but like in terms of things that you can't control that you're going into looking for like the best possible experience like you're never going to be able to predict that yeah we there were so many things that happened to us that we were like how did we get here <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah no totally yeah so, so yeah we back in june and july we basically we got the van um all dealt with mechanically by the end of june and then the for the month of july we just went off on mm -hmm. The interior we were like coming home from work waking up in the morning and like painting and running back and forth to homie deeps and <laughs> and like just <laughs> one fucking time that we like went and got all the bits and bobs like all the screws had yeah. the drill we were like ready to go and then we start to do it and we realized that all our screws were wrong we didn't have like the fucking square drill bit <sighs> and i literally was like I want to fucking scream. And you were like, we have to go back to Home Depot. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking kidding me. Ah! Yeah, there were so many trips to Home Depot. <laughs> we like know the store off by heart now, but that's fun. Um, yeah, so just a lot of that and a lot of like, you know, sorry, I can't go for drinks tonight. I have to install cupboards. <laughs> like, we learned how to use power tools which is hot too we learned the benefits of bungee cords yes <laughs> and like coming home and just like working out in the van for the evening was so fun yeah it's like a fun project and like there was nothing better than it being ready to go like the day or two before we were leaving and just being like we fucking did that and like jordan was very much like you guys did you came so far like he witnessed the whole thing and was like Good job. Yeah. Like, it was just nice to have someone validate, like, yeah. yo, you guys worked really hard on this. Totally. Yeah. I think a lot of people that saw the beginning and then the end product were yeah. just like, whoa. Because we honestly, I think there were moments where we didn't even think we'd pull it off. We were yeah. both working nonstop to mm -hmm. afford this. So we were just like, there, there was a lot of just like little things. And then, yeah, like the day before, it was like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Oh my God, she's ready. Let's load it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and I remember thinking, like, it had been a, such a trip already for the past few months, like, getting prepared, and now we actually have, like, the trip. And yeah. I was like, oh, I forgot that we were going to do this. Yeah, like, I, I forgot know. we were going to leave and go, like, fucking just, Everywhere. like, what were we even going to do? I <laughs> we had no idea what we were gonna do we're like we're going to salt spring and we're going to yeah. dance temple yeah. and after that we don't know <laughs> so yeah that first morning when we left it was really surreal we like loaded yeah. up the van with everything we needed and we had ev everything had its little spots and then yeah that was fun we pulled out of the driveway and everything went flying <laughs> Oh, right. Bumpy roads. Ah! We like had to bungee cord 
everything. everything. <laughs> like the so first much. half of the trip, every like time we were on the road and one whoever wasn't driving was like in the back, like holding shit down. <laughs> like remember you were just like one hand over here, one hand over here, like I got it. Like go, go, go. <laughs> yeah, our our kitchenette detached from the wall and slid across the bed. <laughs> So then at one point in Tofino, we went into this hardware store and we talked to... Which was at like the end, not the end, like the end to middle of our trip. Yeah. We finally figured out what to do. Yeah. We were just like hardware stores were our friend. Bungee cords were our friend. Like... Non-slip. Non-slip and magnets. Magnets. Magnets were key. We figured out some cool shit. Yeah. Mm. Taylor, like, we went, oh, fucking propane... For camping stoves was like a complete anomaly. Yeah. They were so hard to find, so in demand. And so we kept going to like different Canadian tires. When we were in Nanaimo or Parksville twice, I was like calling every Canadian tire being like, do you have propane? They'd be like, no way. That's so sold out. And I'd just be like, okay. Can't get it anywhere on the island. (laughs) I'd be like, hey, calling another one. Anyway, when we went, we went, you went into that one to get propane and then you come back with magnets, and you're like, guess what I got? <laughs> guess what me and Richard decided? Was that his name? Yes, it was. Yeah. I was really impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned him so many times. Because I was so jazzed on his idea, because yeah. I went in being like, okay, we've got these lights. They're adhesive. We've stuck them to the ceiling. But because it's been hot, they keep falling off. They melt. Because, yeah, the glue is just melting. So I was like, Richard, what do you got for me? And he was like, dude... I don't know, I'll bring you over to the glue section. As we're walking, he looks at me with this, like, look. Like, a literal light bulb popped out of his head and turned on. And he was like, metal ceiling. Magnets. <laughs> <laughs> and we were both just like, oh, shit. So we attach magnets oh to our lights. And then we can move them around. Yeah. And the whole rest of the trip, we were Very, like... like yeah. <laughs> the whole rest of the trip we were like how did these not have magnets the whole time yeah that was a huge win so many like hacks yes so you know if any of you are doing anything like this and need some hacks just hit hit us us up up. we are so down to share what we learned things flying everywhere but the one thing that didn't fly was this plate with our burnables (laughs) on the dash Sitting on top of a non-slip pad. It yeah, was literally was just a plate with some, with like a cedar wand in it. Just stayed there the whole time. Didn't move. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was impressed by that. <laughs> the only reliable thing. So yeah, we got all... Well, we started in Salt Spring, mm-hmm. which neither of us had ever been to. Mm-hmm. And mainly that was because we wanted to go to Dance Temple. And Dance Temple is essentially a community of salt spring island hippies if you will that love ecstatic dance and ecstatic dance is basically a movement practice where you literally just move in whatever way you want to whatever way you need to whatever feels good and everyone is in this like community hall there's a dj and they're playing you know, a set of whatever music they want to that typically has, like, a bit of a flowing theme of, like, different energies, and it's, like, two hours long, and you just, like, rock up in your fancy pants and your (laughs) gemstones on your face like we did, pay $20, and just, like, 
move your body in literally whatever way you want for two hours. Like, there's no rules. It it was incredible. Like, Mm -hmm. people were just... Like, my main takeaway was that this one guy beside me was, like, crying for a while. And everyone... And then this other guy was, like, doing, like, crazy, like, arm (laughs) movements. And then then I look across the room and Taylor's, like, on the ground, like, rolling (laughs) around. And just... I can't even, like, we can't even describe it, but just imagine people just feeling, like, so free, so liberated, and so into themselves that they're just, like, experimenting with movement, and it's just, honestly, like, the coolest fucking thing I've ever done. Yeah, if you've never done ecstatic dance, look up ecstatic dance in your city or wherever you live and go to one, because... And also, just doing it at home. Do it at home, Yeah. But it definitely is powerful. It's just the energy when you get in that space. And yeah, like the music usually follows like you start, you start like quieter and slower and then it builds. Mm -hmm. And then there's like kind of like a climax moment where this at this one point, Emma and I were jumping around, (laughs) screaming (laughs) at the top of our lungs at each other and like roaring like lions. Like it was so cool. And then going on over there i just have all these little floops and i'm burning them off (laughs) she's burning her shirt with a lighter (laughs) yeah and then it like brings you back down to like a meditative state kind of at the end Mm -hmm. um and the idea is that you like go and you get high off of the movement so like some people close their eyes and move some people are like running and leaping off of different things it's really it's a special stinks. experience. It stinks like patchouli and bio. It smells so bad. Yeah. Just straight up bio. But I kind of miss it as well. Pungent. Pungent. <laughs> Aromatic. Yeah. yeah. So that's how we started. Yeah, that was the... Which we started off fucking strong. Was that the first night? Yeah. So that was sick. And then, for well, the first night also was that we had nowhere to stay and just like slept in the parking lot of this like really cute little pull-off for a lake Mm -hmm. cushion lake right Mm -hmm. yeah where there was like a little dock and you know there's signs everywhere that say like no overnight parking no camping but our van is just white so it literally looks like a carpenter van or some shit and we never got told off we never got in trouble no matter where we were and that mm-hmm. was actually, because I know you had done that before, but that was my first experience, like, trying to find a spot to sleep and, like, being in your car and not being at a campsite and being kind of, like, not allowed to be there. And I was a little bit like, hey, whoa, like, we're doing this right off the bat. Yeah. And then it was just so easy and so perfect mm-hmm. that, again, we just, like, flowed into the next spot and kept finding, like, oh, okay, there's this app. Whoa, did you hear that? Like, you always do that. Do I? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Never noticed. Your very mouth noises. <laughs> you know this. Okay. There's this app <laughs> called iOverlander that I found during my like van life research before. And it's so sick. Basically, it's just like people who are living out of their cars and camping or whatever, all different sorts of varieties of folks folks (laughs) doing their thing and it basically just shows you on a map where people either campsites or like where people just parked for the night and said they had like a good experience so we found a couple awesome like random spots from there that Mm. were super helpful yeah so shout out to the people on i overland yeah love them well yeah and it's it's like a 
forum because like anyone can add and anyone mm. can like comment and it's just cool it shows you like where there's showers where there's running water and so that was super handy yeah so we did salt spring for two nights started off strong there mm-hmm. and then from salt spring we went up to visit our dear friend laura lasby in parksville did we go there right away we did yeah wow um in Parksville at her winery, had a private wine tasting, a cute girly night, and then we went to Hornby. Hornby, yeah. yeah. So we, well, we went through Denman first, and we stopped at the market, and then learned about the free store. Free store. This is huge. Go off. Okay, I'll go off. So, all the Gulf Islands, well, I don't know about all of them, but most of them have... All the ones that have, like, stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah have what's called the free store and it's usually in collaboration with the recycling depot for whatever reason because i guess whatever doesn't go into the free store gets recycled or thrown out anyway and neither of us have ever really experienced the notion of walking into an established business and they're like take whatever you want Mm -hmm. as much as you want and leave stuff too no questions asked You, you can't steal Mm-hmm. So there's, like, no shame. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter who you are. All that matters is if you need something, you go and see if they have it and, and hope they do, and then you take it, and it's yours, and you leave what you don't need. You don't have to leave anything, of course, but I was just blown away at this concept, and, you know, of course, we both grabbed, like, a couple fun things, and it really opened both of us up to the living with less mentality but also just knowing that if you need something it will be there for you in abundance when you need it and that things that you don't need like giving them up and giving them away and kind of that flow exchange of energy between people where you're just like really clear on like what you need in that moment and what you don't need and when things are free, you don't take more than you need. When mm-hmm. things are cheap and everything's on sale, people are going to buy like 20 of something and hoard it because they're like, oh, it was on sale and it might not be, so I need everything. Yeah. When shit's free, you literally only take what you need and you leave the rest for other people. Yeah, intentional consuming. Yeah. Exactly. And like, then, you know, so we went to like a bunch of these on all the different islands and we started like leaving so much stuff because we were just like... Now we have, we had like so much stuff that we had brought in the van with us that we didn't even touch the whole time, like yeah. clothing and stuff between the two of us. And we wore the same thing every day. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, just realizing what do you actually need? And like, what are you just picking up because it's there and you can. And like, yeah, like you said, like when things are free, you only take what you need Yeah, because like you're not losing anything by not taking, you know? We had to hit the free store in every town or every island that had it that we were at. So when we were at Pender, like, for example, at the end, we literally stayed longer because the free store didn't open till Thursday, and we were like, we need to go. Yeah. <laughs> we had, like, we have to. So we stayed. Because they all, honestly, like, they had really cool shit, and it did feel good to, like, yeah, like, let go of a couple things and... And then we adopted free store mentality, Mm -hmm. which, how would you explain free store mentality? 
just exactly everything that you just said. Yeah, I guess we like, talked about it. Intentional consuming and like mm-hmm. leave it like releasing what you don't need and like this like lack of attachment to material possession that mm-hmm. like for some reason like you know when you're going through your clothes trying to get rid of stuff and for some reason it's impossible to like let go of things mm-hmm. like clothing specifically at least for me. But this idea that, like, I don't need this. It's literally just taking up space. Like, I've been wearing the same thing for a week. Like, why do I need this, you know? So, yeah, just, like, being really mindful about the less is more experience. And also, like, I think the free store mentality showed up, like, when we got back into our house. And I have, like suitcases of clothes that I packed up before we left that I haven't even looked into like I've still been wearing the same things you know and just not consuming out of boredom yeah that was huge yeah really big like perspective shift for me too especially from being caught up in like well also staying trendy and like whatever yeah yeah and like we were talking about earlier how we were both you know for a while like involved in the like small business Mm -hmm. um community online like through instagram mostly but like etsy and stuff like that and how we like were consuming when we were wrapped up in that and like Mm -hmm. in the business flow ourselves we were consuming a lot of things because we wanted to support our fellow small business owners which is like really great and Mm -hmm. wonderful to like support one another and support support your local economy and support those makers but i ended up with so much stuff that like i don't need Not only you don't need, you don't even, like, use it or wear it. Yeah, or, like, you literally forget about it. Mm -hmm. Like, anyway, free store mentality just means less is more and intentional consuming. Mm -hmm. And expecting, like, abundance and that you will just, like, you'll get what you need when you need it. Yeah. And when you don't, you don't. Yeah, totally. Yeah. (laughs) Denman was our first free store. But we didn't even stay there overnight. That was, like, you go to Denman because you have to get to go through Denman to get to Hornby and Hornby was like where we were dying to visit mm-hmm. everyone's like obsessed with it it's a microclimate it's a microclimate I don't know what you've heard but it's a microclimate <laughs> <laughs> everyone that you mentioned Hornby Island to is like did you know there's a microclimate there <laughs> that just means it's hot as fuck in the summer white sand beaches and it's a really vibey place we spent six nights there yeah we slept a couple nights on one of the beaches um, that's, like, a, the nude beach, and a lot of people kind of camp there even though you're not supposed to. We camped for two nights, and then we met Colin. Right. Who we met at the farmer's market. Where we also ran into Gabor Mate, but we didn't talk to him, but he walked past me, and that was just cool. Well, we talked to his wife. We talked to his we wife. We bought art Who's from his wife. sick. We're both, like, really into his work and, like, yeah. really love her art. And, yeah, that was really cool. So if you know about Gabor Monte, that was sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah, we met Colin at the farmer's market. Just, like, He's a we 75-year-old doing. British man. Yeah. Just to give you some context. Yeah. <laughs> so he had this, like, joke booth where he was selling souvenirs from Hornby Island. And they were just, like, bricks. And people were buying them, yeah, which was, like, amazing. Um, but, yeah, so I started talking to him, and then he was like, well, come by, and if you're nice to me, you can park your vehicle on my land. So we did, because <laughs> another thing we have learned is that when people are generous and offer things, 
you can take them up on their offer. Yeah. You don't have to feel bad. Like, yeah. if someone is being generous and offering you something, that is from the kindness of their heart. Mm-hmm. So, there's always this weird, like, oh, no, I don't want to, like, impose, et cetera, Ugh. et cetera. But, yeah. like, why do we not give people enough credit that we think that they're offering things that they don't want to instead of trusting that they're, like, have enough agency and competent to, like, speak from their heart? That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people, free store mentality is also about generosity. Yes. And realizing that when you're not in the city and, like, caught up in this, like, you know, everyone's just kind of struggling to get by and make ends meet and, like, working their bollocks off and, like, (laughs) um, yeah, just, like, scraping by to pay rent and stuff. There's this scarcity mentality that happens where you're like, oh, I can't really, like, give much or, like, yeah, go out of my way much because I don't really have enough for myself. So you kind of like hoard and hang on to everything you have. But when you're not caught up in this hustle mentality where you're, you know, like consuming and spending in ways that you don't need to and like just scraping to pay ridiculous rent, et cetera, et cetera. Like there's a lot more give. There's a lot more space for generosity and community. So, yeah, we stayed at Collins for... I think three nights. Yeah. Yeah. And he had this, like, amazing, huge property with, like, super cute dogs and an amazing garden. And anyway, it was just, like, such a treat. And he loved us and we loved him. And then... And we moved on. And where did we go after Hornby? After Hornby, we went to Campbell River to visit my Auntie Michelle. Right. Oh, wait, rewind real quick on Hornby. One, like, epic thing we got to do was spend, like, a full day naked on the beach. Like, just the two of us. And we did a bit of shrooms and just, like, literally did, like, yoga and stretching in the sun and, like, exposing our assholes to the sun and it felt so good we did solar charging (laughs) which is basically you do crow pose like well you can do it anyway you can do it anyway but we did crow with our booty holes to the sun (laughs) and it was so nice (laughs) i highly recommend i remember like really clearly in that moment feeling like expressing ourselves physically through yoga or dance and just like fully embodying like your emotions and your feelings and not giving any fucks about whether you're being looked at or watched just like fully in your own body that is literally like I was so convinced that that is all the universe and the world wants from us like that's Mm -hmm. it by us doing that it's like we're doing this like beautiful thank you dance to the world and the universe is just like yeah you're welcome and they're like thanking us for doing it and i just felt this like beautiful sense of that's literally all we should be doing mm-hmm. yeah like soaking up and reveling in one another's beauty mm-hmm. as like a conversation between you and the universe mm-hmm. like we are both part of this like one existence and we're just yeah like soaking it up and dripping in it it was really quite it was juicy a beautiful that was our last day on hornby and it was Mm -hmm. just like we'd had such an incredible time and like also there was a lot of like emotions that came up and we both Mm -hmm. like had to deal with some stuff and like Mm -hmm. had to like you know have some like check-ins and stuff like that but then that last day it was just like (sighs) yeah 
like a big exhale, exhale. and like mm. gratitude for this magical place. So yeah, that was a really special day. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. It was. And then we went up to Campbell River. Then we did Quadra and Cortez, yeah. right? Which were two other Gulf Islands just off of Campbell River. And they were just beautiful. Quadra literally had this like scent in the air. That was like the best way I can describe it is like close to sweet grass. And maybe it was, but it just smelled like vanilla and like spearmint yeah. everywhere. And it was like, oh, it was incredible. And it was a nice kind of like foggy, misty day. And we just did like this beautiful walk on Rebecca's spit. Yeah. And then we found the Harriet Bay Inn, which was this super dreamy hotel slash pub. And the, the bar was just like so picturesque, like classic bar. I don't even know how to describe it. Like fish on the wall, billiards table. Yeah, it was exactly what we wanted. I was just like, I want uh, like a beer yeah. in a pub at yeah. this place that was built in like 1890 yeah. and yeah it was like you know there were men there in hats drinking beers alone <laughs> contemplating their younger years and <laughs> all that good stuff lots of flannel lots yes. of toothpicks that energy and that night we found us a, a parking spot from that app that was so cool it was just oh. like at the bottom of this road a cul-de-sac where the cul-de-sac led like right onto this rocky beach with ocean view and there was nobody there and we just like spent the night there and we were like this is too good to be true mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then the next day we went to Cortez mm-hmm. which was really beautiful we went and spent a while at Hag Lake and did like this really fun mm-hmm. photo shoot with Emma in this like dreamy dress mm-hmm. and Megan. Oh my god. So in the photo shoot we were using these blackberries. Also side note, we got tattoos of blackberries matching on our arms yeah, because blackberries guided our path the whole way. Oh yeah. There's so many blackberries so in BC in the late summer and on every island, you know, we were picking blackberries for breakfast, lunch, and dinner and like mm. just they were everywhere. But we also didn't always have electricity in the van so we didn't always have a running fridge and we didn't always have ice in our cooler so basically we had this thing of blackberries that was getting a bit warm and we tried to use the blackberries for the shoot and I like poured them into my hands and it's just like maggots (laughs) oh my god yeah that like Oh, that moment yeah. is like ingrained in my gnarly. mind. We were just like, okay. <laughs> Still kind of used them yeah. though. Like, Still use them. It. Whatever. Rub yourself yeah. in maggots, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> it's all for the sake of art, friends. Yes. The Hag Lake was really cool because it was yeah. a hot, freshwater lake and oh. it was like really warm. It's it was also amazing. like kind of nude. Like, well, no one else was, but. We were. They, we were. It said it was, like, acceptable. I don't know. It yeah. It should be acceptable everywhere. That was really cool. And then we slept beside the old post office down near the dock where the ferry comes in. There's yeah. this big, beautiful red house. And the owners of the house have posted on this same app being like, 
camper vans can park in the space outside our house. Like, we welcome vans, mm. like, a couple people a night kind of thing. Yeah, so, just for, like, one night. It's no biggie. Yeah, so we were, like, sweet. So, and, you know, very important that where you camp, you make sure there's an outhouse or yes. something around. So that's our criteria. Usually that's the only criteria. Yeah. <laughs> Relatively scenic and somewhere to poop. We only pooped in the woods once, right? Yeah. Which is pretty shocking. Yeah. Um, yeah, almost, like wish we'd pooped more just to say that we did in the woods um but yeah no it was beautiful you woke up on this like crazy beautiful dock beside their like beautiful red house and look over the mm-hmm. ocean and it was so magical um yeah cortez was really beautiful we met axel in his garden yeah the german gardener he was fun and then we went we shot straight up to port mcneil right malcolm island so we had never heard of Malcolm, Malcolm Island before, but when we were on Hornby, Colin and then like two other people told us to go to Malcolm Island. Mm-hmm. So we did. And basically the tea with Malcolm Island is that it was set in, it was settled in the early 1900s by Finnish people who were living on Vancouver Island and involved in the mining industry. And they were just like, fuck this. We want to create like a utopian community outside of like the hardship of the mining industry. So we're going to go to this island and make a utopia. So they did. Called it Swantula, which means harmony. Means place of harmony. Sorry. Place of (laughs) harmony. And... It was magical. Yeah. It was just so chill. Like, I feel like the only way I know how to describe it is chill. Yeah. Like, very few people, but everyone's, like, very happy. Everyone waves at each other. You can rent shitty bikes for free. We got an amazing camping spot that backs onto the ocean for, like, 35 bucks. Those cod burgers from the burger barn. Yeah, they were so God, like unreal fish burgers and then this amazing trail on the north side of the island called beautiful bay trail where you do this epic walk through the woods and it was just so magical and then you get to these various lookout points where you're supposed to be able to see orcas because the distance between malcolm island and the mainland and vancouver island i guess is so thin that the orcas have to go through there (laughs) yeah i have to swim through this like narrow channel yeah exactly so it's likely that you'll see them essentially and then they come to malcolm island to rub their backs on these rocks and bellies their bellies anyway we didn't see any but it was cool to know that that's where they did their thing and we met troy the whale researcher in his pod yes and it was just stunning we really really liked it so no one's heard of it i guess so now y'all have and go they've got a lot of merch yeah which is funny swan tuna yeah i got a t-shirt because i felt like i had to (laughs) i loved it so much but like everywhere you are on this island there's like not a crazy on the south part of the island around the village there's not a crazy amount of trees so everywhere you are it's like a clear view out to the ocean and a lot of just like Mm. old fishermen's houses and like boats and abandoned homes yeah a lot of abandoned homes and just, yeah, like, pleasant people doing mm-hmm. pleasant very tasks. very East Coast vibes. Like, Yeah, that was really beautiful. We loved it there. And then after that, we went back down through Campbell River, tried right. to get propane, failed, <laughs> and went... Tofino. To Tofino, yeah. Which was a shock to the system because we had been in all these places that were, like, 
very small, very quaint, very community oriented, not a lot of tourists. Or if you were a tourist, you couldn't really tell because you were like, yeah, you know, just it's just low key, very low key. And then we get to Tofino, where I had never been before, and I was literally like, holy shit, like, there's so many tourists, there's so many people, so many folks! So many folks! And it was, and then it's just really expensive, and fuck, like, it's so beautiful, of course, like, I get it, I, I, I did love it, but I was also just like, whoa, like, there's just too many people here, I don't know. And too cold. It was cold! It's so cold in Tofino. I love Tofino. Every time I go, I love Tofino, but it's too cold for me. It yeah. doesn't get that hot there, and I'm a hot climate lady. But, yeah, when we got there, we were, like, paying for a campsite, which, you know, we we had been, like, camping for free and then getting these, like, awesome campsites when we were paying for, like, 30 bucks that were, like, mm-hmm. on the ocean, like, everything you could want. Amazing. And then you get to Tofino, and, like, people are paying, like, a hundred bucks for, like, a gravel pit, essentially, where they're parking... Surrounded by families. Yeah, where they're parking their camper, and you, like, can see through the, like, tiny line of trees to the camper next to you that has, like, four screaming children, and, like... It's just not cute. Yeah, really intense. Everything's locked. You need a code for the bathroom. Like, just so... Not different than what we were used to. Not free store mentality. So not free store mentality. Tofino does not have a free store, in case you no, were No, everything in Tofino costs money. Yeah. Um, but we ended up staying there. We had only booked two nights, but when, when we met this guy, Oak, shout out to Oak, we met Oak in a grocery store parking lot, and he just like came up to us and said he liked our vibe, and offered us his driveway to park in. Yeah, so, once dope. again, when people take um, offer you things, take them up on take it. Take it! As because long as you feel safe and, like... Of course. You know, we would check in with each other and be like, are we down? Is this going to be, like, creepy or uncomfortable? And just reevaluate. But we had great experiences. Yeah, and we also actually had, like, interesting conversations about that right there like those like intuitive decisions where it's like does this feel safe or does this feel wrong or weird or like it might be like sketchy or creepy or whatever and we Mm -hmm. had like chats about how as women we are like for our entire lives constantly training ourselves and being trained on how to surveil situations and how Mm -hmm. to like how to notice signs of, like, weirdness or, like, s- like the tone of people's voice or, like, the eyes they give mm-hmm. you or just, like, all these little subtle body language things that make us feel uncomfortable. Like, as women, it's, like, part of our survival to be able to pick up on that. So just, like, mm-hmm. really leaning into your intuition and listening to yourself as to whether or not something feels safe or not because inherently you always know. Like... Mm-hmm you know if something feels wrong, you know if something feels okay, and, like, that's not to say that if it feels okay at first and then it's not okay, like, you were wrong or anything. It's just that, you know, shit happens. But, yeah, just, like, learning how to really check in with one another but also, like, trust our gut feeling about people. Mm -hmm. And there were some people that offered us places that we were like, I don't know about that. Mm -hmm. And then there were other people that offered us that we were like, yeah, sure. Or at least, like, go suss out the vibe and then knowing that we can leave. Exactly. Yeah. Number one thing is definitely just, like, 
knowing that you have the option to leave and you should if something feels off or something changes or Mm -hmm. something shifts like like advocating for yourself in that way and like you know taking care of yourself and like getting yourself out of a place that doesn't feel completely safe if you're like gonna close your eyes and go to bed at night Mm -hmm. but yeah we ended up camping in oak's driveway and we became really good friends with one of his tenants who like took us surfing shout out to you jeff shout out to jeff we love you and yeah we just met like a bunch of people in tofino that were really great we went to little ronnie's barbecue like four times because <laughs> they always had live music and we were just like dying to see live music as much as we could then we hit Yuki, yeah. which was cute. Love Yuki. And then we had to come back around because Vancouver Island is weird and you can't go in a straight line pretty much anywhere. Yeah. So we had to go back to Parksville. Yeah. Saw Laura again. Saw Laura again. That was great. Um, finally hung out with, like, some women, too. Obviously, yeah. we had hung out with, like, Michelle, but we had we realized at this point that we had been spending so much time with men and like, you know, that's great. And that's just like the way it goes sometimes, but just like all the offers we had, everything was just like from dudes. And then when we got to Laura's, she had her cousin and her cousin's like best friend staying with her. And these are like, they're like in their sixties or something like that. Right. But so just like five, of us five ladies spending the night hanging out playing cards I was like damn this is nice like you don't have to have any of your like walls up you know you can just be so relaxed and it I just always notice that difference yeah there's if you're like comfortable or with who you're with but yeah there's no guard there's no like performance totally There's no, like, even if you're not, like, attracted to, like, the male that's around you, for some reason you're still, like, programmed to think, like, but am I being attractive in, like, every movement that I'm doing? And it's like, that, what the fuck is that? You surveil yourself when you're being seen through male gaze. Mm -hmm. That we are just, like, it's literally so inherent in our behavior that we do it without realizing. And the only time that you maybe reflect on it is like in those moments when you haven't been around mm-hmm. people if, that don't make you do that in a while. Yeah. I feel like though, the more we do talk about it, the more we're like noticing it. Yeah, and because totally. we've been like more vocal about it in like the last year, even on our trip, I feel like you and I were just, even though it is still like an inherent reflex, it's like we're noticing it more. And it's the same way that like, you know, slowing down and meditation helps you notice your, patterns mm-hmm. talking these things out helps you notice like oh what is that yeah I want to unlearn that and I want to like not do that anymore so yeah. that was just like a nice break with them also that just going back to like the not looking in mirrors thing for a bit like feeling beautiful oh, yeah. without like spending time getting ready and preparing and like what are they gonna think of this or like am I wearing the right thing or like mm-hmm. how is my skin today like removing that and just Mm. showing up like how you are everywhere you go is Mm. just like and still meeting wonderful people and knowing that it's because they're attracted to your energy and not necessarily like because you're like super trendy or like cool looking because like Mm -hmm. baby we were wearing the same shit every day like (laughs) our hair was not cute like 
but we were meeting all these wonderful people and knowing that like what you're putting out, you're attracting just like solidifies your relationship with yourself as a person rather than just your aesthetic value. Mm. We had to split this up because we're talking for way too long. And we didn't want to cut anything out because we wanted to share our entire experience with you. Intimately. Start to finish. Start to finish. With all of the side tangents and the (laughs) juicy, gooey stuff that happened. (laughs) So make a tea. Come back. Get a snack. This is the end of part one and part two is coming up next. Yeah. Hang in there. See ya.